All right, Matt. So do you know what the zip code for Dawson's Creek is? No. 90108. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, I'm good, brother. Good, good. So this is our second episode of 2024, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's crazy that it, it, I, I, I am floored that, you know, 2024 and we are still going strong. I know, man. I know. <laughs> and so I have to ask, um, y'all have by now seen the new thumbnail that we're using. What do you guys think of the new thumbnail? Um, you get to look at our gorgeous mugs now (laughs) you got my you got my good side in that yeah yeah we we picked our better sides for that one (laughs) so um but while you're on the internet you know looking at our gorgeous mugs go check out the podbelly network at podbelly.com you can find a list of shows that we're happy to be associated with and you can find some tips and tricks on podcasting also Go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales. You can sign up to become a patron and we got three different levels, but our $10 a month patrons, they get the video version of us recording these episodes and they get audio and video versions of the bonus episodes and they get an ad free audio version of the main episodes. So go over there and check it out at patreon.com slash graveyard tales. And as we've said before, give us a rate and review if you don't mind, if you haven't, Starting 2024, you know, it helps to get some reviews in there, say a little something, because it helps bring us up the charts and allows people to find us easier in the graveyard. So, Matt, that's all I've got for housekeeping. So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so I came across this place and pitched it to Adam, and we kind of we kind of looked into it and thought, yeah, this will be cool. And, and it's also cool because... We we haven't done a lot of stuff from Japan, um, and you know Japan has got a lot of a lot of rich history. But oh, yeah. there's there's also a, a a very uniqueness to Japanese ghost stories. Yeah, yep. um, you know, and there's plenty of them, um, but this particular place has some of the most famous ghost stories in Japanese history. Hmm. And it is, uh, I'm, I'm, also, I, I'm trying to say this correctly. It is Himeji Castle. Um, I'm not going to be I, able to say it like that. Just I'm just going to say right off the bat that I will pronounce <laughs> it wrong. <laughs> but, uh, Hamiji's castle, Hamiji castle has got an, an incredible legend and ghost story attached to it. It does have others, but as I said, 
this one in particular is probably one of the most well-known stories um, in in Japan as far as ghost stories go. But as we get into it, you're going to realize that you know this story as well, and you probably didn't even realize it. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right? So uh, as with anything, when we're looking at haunted places, um, you know, the, the history plays a significant part of that. So, Adam... Uh, why don't you, you tell us a little bit about the history of Himeji Castle? All right. I will regale you with this information. <laughs> um, as we always say, go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found all this information, and you can continue the research if you want. Now, I will let you know, there was some places that I went to look for information about Himeji Castle, and the websites had been shut down. Like completely, I, I don't understand why I've not seen that happen before. Um, but just be aware, you may run across some that say 404 site not found. Like I did. There was, oh uh, yeah. What did I say? Like down? three or four of them. Um, yeah. the history on this castle and it had been taken down. So I'm not sure why, but just be aware if you go to research it, um, this, Next bit I got does come from the Masterclass website. So, you, you know, the site where you can go take Masterclasses on mm-hmm. different topics here. Well, Himeji Castle is a castle complex in the city of Himeji in the Hyoga Prefecture of Japan. It's also known as White Egret Castle or White Heron Castle because of its white plaster walls and appearance which they say resemble a white heron that is taking flight. It's the largest castle in Japan, and it has 83 buildings within this castle complex. So it's ginormous. Yeah. So they say that this 14th century castle was designated as a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1993. Well, in 1333... And you'll know this if you know anything about Japan. Like Matt said, it's got a long, rich history. And there was some amazing architecture and buildings and everything that happened long, long before America was ever thought of as being the new world. You know, so we go back in time here, like when we talk about Britain. And the UK and stuff, we go back 1300s and before in Japan for some of these buildings. Now, in 1333, Akamatsu Norimura uh, was a samurai and governor of Harima province. He, He built a fort as this western defensive point for the former capital city of Kyoto. Well, in 1346, Akamatsu's son... Satanori tore down the fort and built the first Himeji castle structure. So this castle, they say, lies at a strategic point along the western approach to the former capital of the city of Kyoto. So it it's a very strategic area that they place this castle for defensive purposes. You know, it wasn't just I mean, they, they picked a good spot. They didn't just say, hey, this is a pretty area. We're going to put it here. 
I, I like the backdrop that this castle is going to have. It was, we need to have some fortification here to protect the capital city. Now, the capital, like I said, is this vast complex of 83 buildings, and it's, they say, an excellent example of Japanese castle architecture. So the, the complex spans over 5,250 feet from east to west and 5,600 feet from north to south. That's big. Yeah. And you ought to... Go look at the pictures of this place. It is it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is. It has a circumference of 2.6 miles, Matt. That, that's crazy. Yeah, one castle. Of course, it's a, it's a complex of buildings, but this is one castle that's yeah. 2.6 miles. Yeah. It's just massive. Now, the tallest building in the castle is the Daitenshu or the main keep, and it is 152 feet high. It's got six floors and a basement. And there's also three Kotenshus, or secondary keeps, which together form a a big cluster of towers. Then if you're looking at pictures, that's what the cluster of towers is. Yep. Now, the castle, it, it actually contained a lot of defenses from invaders. It had three moats. And it also contained a maze of gates, outer walls, and baileys arranged in spiral patterns to confuse invading forces trying to get to the castle keep. So the complex also featured about 1,000 loopholes, which allowed the castle army to fire at invaders without being detected. So those are little holes in the wall that if you've got invaders coming in, they can shoot arrows through these holes and it would be you'd have to be robin hood to hit an arrow back through one of those from the ground (laughs) right now the walls like i said they they are white plaster and this was more than just an aesthetic choice apparently it also provided fire resistance so if uh, an invading army were trying to burn down the thing, you know, burn you out, smoke you out. Well, this uh, white plaster actually slowed the ability, if not completely killed their ability to to burn you out. Now, like I was saying, the, the labyrinth-like approach from the main keep that leads along walled paths and through multiple gates and baileys had the purpose of slowing down and exposing attacking forces. So you'd have to wind through this thing, get through gates, which then left you exposed to these loopholes where you were getting fired upon as you were winding through this thing, trying to find the main keep. Well, the tall watchtowers that are connected by columns and winding maze-like passages were also designed to confuse the enemy if they actually got in. So if you made it through this labyrinth of gates and all that stuff, and you made it to the the keep, well, now you are in another maze that you had to figure your way through. Yeah. And it, they say they work really well too, because some people who visit the castle today 
will get lost in there if they don't have a map. Yep. Yeah. Um, I read one thing that said there, there are markers to, to lead you through mm-hmm. the, and they said, even with the markers, yeah. you know, people, people can get confused and, and temper and get temporarily lost yeah. in there. Yeah. And it, it, that's by design, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was, that was by design. And you know, the cool thing is, is they, they never actually had to test it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Went through all that. And, you know, <laughs> you think it's good. You know, you think, okay, yeah. that's good. But you know, the guy who designed it is going dead gummit. I put all this work into it and never got to see somebody get lost in here. Yeah. Except I mean, you- for the guy, the new guys that they sent out for, <laughs> you know, a, go yeah. get me some, uh, something to drink and watch them get lost. And they laugh as they watch them go through the maze. That's right. No, we need a left-handed smoke shifter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Got to go back. Got to go back. This is right-handed. We need a canooner valve for this catapult. <laughs> you didn't bring back the yeah. canooner valve. Well, you know, it says that over the centuries, Hameji Castle has been remodeled and expanded by the ruling clans of the region. And in 1545, Kuroda Shigataka, leader of the Kodera clan, remodeled the castle. In 1580, the samurai Toyotomi remodeled the castle again and built a three-story central keep on the top of Himayama Hill, where the castle remains today overlooking Himeji City. In 1600, the feudal lord Ikeda Terumasa demolished and completely rebuilt the castle, expanding it and turning it into the large castle complex today. In 1617, Honda Tatamasa added more buildings, including a special tower for his daughter-in-law called the Dressing Tower. So, as you can tell, this was a building that started out kind of small. Not real small, I mean, but it started out smaller than it it is today. Right. And each ruling clan that took over added on to it or said, no, I don't like this, tore it down, rebuilt it, and just kept adding on. And that's why it's, it has so many buildings today. Yep. Now, many Japanese castles were destroyed uh, during the Meiji period, which was 1868 to 1912. Hameji Castle was spared, but abandoned. So the castle survived the bombings of World War II, and the 1995 Great Hanshin Earthquake, but it did get a little bit of damage during that earthquake. So it's amazing that it survived World War II bombings. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's one of those things that you think, okay, it must be blessed if mm-hmm. it if it got through those without just uh, completely obliterated. Yeah, because it's white mm-hmm. and it, Sits on the top of a hill. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a beacon to any right. plane coming in, drop a bomb here. But but fortunately, fortunately, it did not. Now, Himeji Castle began its restoration process in 1956, and it ended up costing about 550 million yen, 
It also underwent a more recent restoration in 2010 to remove dirt and restore the walls to a brilliant white. Hameji Castle reopened to the public in 2015. Well, Hameji Castle received a National Treasurer's designation in Japan and features in several international and Japanese films and television shows, including the James Bond film You Only Live Twice in 1967 and in Akira Kurosawa's uh, Kagemusha in 1890 and Ron in 1985. Yeah. And, um, now the, this most recent restoration, I, I found, uh, some information about that, that said that restoration focused on the maintenance of the facade, the outside and the mm-hmm. roof tiles of the five story main tower. And, so in an attempt to maintain the authenticity of the Edo period, um, it used traditional Kawara ceramic tiles, and they were either repaired the original tiles or replaced them with identical versions that were made by local artists. That's cool. Now, the Japanese believe that the castle is protected by these tiles. Mm. Uh, apart from the, the normal... Thing. you know it's protecting him from the elements right um but they believe that these tiles have mystical powers um through japanese folklore and uh the kawara tiles are decorated by onigawaras which is a type of ornamental tile shape that looks like an ogre which sits at the end of the ridges on some of the roofs mm. and these creatures are said to repel evil spirits and protect the castle and its occupants from harm. Um, so, I mean that, you know, you, 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 we've all seen gargoyles and, yep. you know, stuff like that. And that that's kind of the same theory behind it. Um, but to go to those painstaking lengths to either repair what was there or have them recreated, um, and not just left out or, you know, whatever. I mean, that took time and money to do. Um, but, you know, when you're restoring, you know, one of Japan's most unique landmarks, you know, you you take that extra step. And I, I, think, I think it's great because, like I said, when you look at the pictures of this castle, it is, it is just awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm. is, it is unbelievable. How, how beautiful it is, how large it is, um, and that that traditional Japanese architecture that that you know. So it's so cool. I love yeah. the the traditional Japanese architecture. But the grounds of Himeji Castle are among the top attractions in the city of Himeji, and among that, there's three that I wanted to touch on. It's the Ottoman Gate, which it's the main visitors gate to the castle, and it's a 20-minute walk down the road from Himeji Station. So you can get there pretty easy if you're visiting. Um, The cherry blossoms, because there are hundreds of cherry trees on the castle grounds. So it makes it a popular destination during the cherry blossom season. And Matt, that is one. Michael really wants to go to Japan. Oh, yeah. I would love to go to Japan during the the cherry blossom season. Because... I've seen pictures and it is beautiful. All these cherry trees in bloom. I want to go there and see it. 
Um, and then also the uh, Cocoan Gardens, which it's a garden next to the castle complex. And it was created in 1992, which celebrated the city's 100th anniversary. So it's a newer addition to the castle, but it's still one of the top attractions of the area. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And it's really, really old. And as with really, really old buildings, um, you get some legends and even some ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's look at these let's look at these legends that are associated with Himiji Castle. Now, legends are, are around that maze-like construction of Himiji um, have been around ever since it was built, and uh, they're often told in the summer during the Japanese holiday Oban where they celebrate the spirit of the dead. And I know I'm mispronouncing that. Um, O-B-O-N. That's the holiday where they celebrate the spirit of the dead. Now, one of the most famous stories about this castle tells of a white lady who appears on a moonlit night wearing a white kimono as if she were a bride. And this is linked to to one of the most famous ghost stories in Japan called Banshu... uh, Sairashiki, uh, or, you know, in English, the Dish Mansion in Harima Province, okay? Um, but it's said that this is from Hamiji Castle. And it's a famous kabuki play that was put on big stages to bring out fear uh, in the hot summer months when the Ghost Stories Theater was, you know, really popular. So here, here is this. Here is the legend, and and then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bombshell on you when you realize that you you know you know this story. Mm, okay. Okiku was a servant that was falsely ac- accused of losing one of the ten valuable plates of her lord's family. The samurai master she worked for was angry at her for rejecting him, and he hid away the plates to trick her into becoming his lover. She refused again, even if he said he would overlook her mistake of losing one of his valuable plates. Enraged, he threw her down a well where she died. Now, in some versions, she threw herself down the well to escape the torment from her master. But in either case, she died in that well. Mm -hmm. Perhaps quickly hitting the stone walls or maybe slowly drowning in the dark water. It is said that she became uh, an onryo, a vengeful, a vengeful spirit back for revenge of those who wronged her. Now, the ghost of Okiku tormented her murderer every night, rising from the well and coming up to the mansion again, making him go insane in the end. Okiku was still counting the nine plates one by one, only reaching nine every time, then making a terrible shriek when she again missed the 10th plate. Mm -hmm. Now, another version includes alternate motives for Okiku's murder. Okiku became the victim of an unjust plot to assume the lordship of Hamiji Castle. When the castle lord is sick and dying, 
his villainous chief retainer, uh, Tutsuan, plans to eliminate a rival heir with the help of Okiku. He tries to seduce her and then blackmail her by framing her for the theft of one of ten treasured dish plates that the heir has earmarked as a succession gift. When that doesn't work, Tisutsan decides to suspend Okiku over a well and torture her. So Tisutsan repeatedly lowers and raises Okiku from the well, deriving sadistic pleasure from striking her with his boken, uh, which is a wooden sword used in kendo and other martial arts. Now, it's interesting that that this was uh, this was associated with this particular version. Um, the phallic shape of the sword and the whole exercise of moving Okiku up and down out of the well, um, it, it really kind of twists into the psychosexual aspect of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how common that is in, in Japanese folklore or in Kabuki. Um, but I know that turning it that way makes the message a little bit more powerful. Um, it kind of gives you that pit of your stomach kind of feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh God, you know, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it gives it a little bit more drama than uh, the samurai getting mad and just pitching her in the well. Right. Yeah. But whichever version that you subscribe to, in the end, Okiku refuses to give in and refuses to become a lover or to help assassinate her rival, his rival. So he finally knocks her down into the well. And before long, he hears a voice counting plates from the bottom, and Ukiku's spirit rises from the mouth of the well. Mm. A vengeful Japanese ghost rising from a well. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's because the legend of Ukiku is the inspiration for the Japanese horror film Ringu. Mm Mm-hmm which in 2002 was remade in the U.S. and called The Ring. The Ring, yep. And, you know, so a, a buddy of mine, um, who, who's also a listener, he, he saw Hi, The buddy Ring. Listener. <laughs> Hi. He saw The Ring, and so he's telling me, you, you got to see it. You got to see it. Mm-hmm. So, so I rented it. This was back in the day where you had to rent them. <laughs> and, uh, and I watched it and it, it, for whatever reason, I was, I was home alone, um, at this point. So this was, this was probably, uh, right before, uh, Sarah Beth was born. So, um, so yeah, it was odd that I was home alone, but I knew <laughs> I, I, I was, I was not going to be able to convince anybody else to watch this movie with me. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, it's dark, you know, I'd turn the lights down watching a scary movie and it is scary. I mean, I think a lot of people have seen it, but if you haven't Very seen it, it creepy. It's, it's pretty creepy. 
Okay. And, and it's still around today because, um, the, uh, that, that imagery of, you know, the, the, the girl in white with the long black hair down over her face, you know, Mm -hmm. crawling out of that well. I mean, you still see that in, in Halloween costumes and, and yeah. And it's Um, become like a a meme and a joke too. Oh yeah. It's that famous. Still around. Yep. So I finished this movie and I get up and I'm turning on the lights. It's just a little, still feeling kind of uneasy and the damn phone rings. And I mean, I, I could have launched into orbit. I was like, God dang it. And if you're from, if you're familiar with the movie, um, yeah, the phone ringing is a bad sign in, in that yep. movie. So, um, the, my phone ringing right after I watched it, oh man, it just, it, sh- that's funny. <laughs> I mean, if it had been a prank, it would, it was very well done. There was no way that anybody was pranking me. It was total coincidence, but I mean, it, it absolutely freaked me out when that phone rang. So that's hilarious. <laughs> But that's, that's the great. story. I mean, it, it is the story. Now, of course, it's it's modernized. Um, but you know, that that spirit coming out of that well is is where this came from. Mm-hmm. Is where that's where cool. the story I, of the ring came from. I was not aware um until we started doing this the research on this that uh this castle is where that came from. Yeah. I I wasn't either. I I I knew it had ties back to some Japanese ghost stories, but I thought, you know, there obviously there were a lot of liberties taken, but I oh, thought sure. there were more liberties taken than this entity, you know, actually being in a well. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. Cause it's not the, the story of Okiku. It is that it, it, it it draws from that, that Okiku's spirit is still at the bottom of this well mm-hmm. and is coming back for revenge. Um, so that's where it plays on. Now, understandably, this is ancient Japanese folklore. Yeah. I mean, so there's not a lot of landmarks that you could use to pinpoint, you know, if this was an actual story um, that, you know, was retold over the centuries. And the the Kabuki play is actually set in several different castles, but oh, okay. But there is only one well that claims to be Okiku's well, um, and that is most likely the inspiration uh, for uh, Sudaku Yamamura coming out of it in all white with her long dark hair. And that's the well at Hamiji Castle. Hmm. So today you can actually visit the castle and you can see the well um, on the castle grounds that is said to be the story from the ghost story. Uh, Banshu Sarayashiki, which is the Kabuki play. And people have actually reported spotting the ghost of Okiku as she rises from the well to count her plates. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, if you, if you witness something like that after 
you know, having seen that movie, mm-hmm. look, I'm telling you, 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 you better run because if I'm with you, I have, I have crapped my pants. Uh, and, yeah. I was going to say, that's going to be worse than what any ghost could do to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and if I'm with you, I'm going to be tripping you as I run away so that, <laughs> so that Adam I, can get away quick. That's right. Cause you don't have to outrun the ghost. You just have to outrun me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably wouldn't have to trip me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm not a runner, but if I'm scared, if, if something like that comes out of a well and screeches at me, I, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll turn into that dude with the gold shoes. Yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> you know? I assure you that my name and speedy have, have never been used in the same sentence unless there was a knot in the middle of it. I had, when I was young, I played, I played baseball. And when I was a teenager, um, I remember I, I hit, I hit a triple one game and was running from second to third. And when I got to third, my, my coach looked at me and he goes, Matt, <clears throat> you can carry that piano on your back. But you can't stop halfway between second and third and play it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I was I, at first I was like, "What?" And then I got it, and I was like, "No, thanks, coach. Yeah, I'm yeah, slow. I get that. it. Appreciate I get it. that." <laughs> and by the time I was rounding second, I was getting tired. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a runner either, man. I I had yeah. to run down the street and chase the dog not too long ago because he pushed out of the front door and of course it's not the one that will stay right you know in the yard it's the one that goes hey look a squirrel Mm -hmm. and goes so me running down the street in combat boots i was winded very quickly and and i'm i'm i told ashley when i got back that i got my years worth of running in because i (laughs) just down the street and back that's right that's right i used to have a sticker um, you know how people will run a marathon and they'll get a sticker, mm-hmm. you know, it says 26.2 or whatever. I had one that was said 0.0. I yep. don't run. Right. I, I, I need that one. <laughs> uh, but we digress. Always. Now there is no hard evidence that proves that the story of Okiku is true. Um, but Hamiji castle still evokes this sense of mystery with all of its hidden passageways and the dark courtyards. Other supernatural legends often tell of mysterious lights in the night sky, strange noises echoing through the castle's corridors, or ghostly figures watching over visitors from atop the castle walls. Now, these stories kind of give Himeji Castle this eerie kind of feel but that makes it one of Japan's most intriguing tourist spots for anyone that's interested in in the ghosts or or the legends. Now, one of these mysterious creatures thought to live inside of the castle walls is a mixture of Japanese folklore and modern ghost stories. Now, hmm. this is the story of of what is now known as the castle monster or the legend of the Osaka Bahimi. Say that five times fast. I dare you. Can't do it. <laughs> now, the story of the Osaka Bahimi is set at Hamiji Castle. Osaka, 
Osaka Behimi is a figure in Japanese folklore as yokai, a class of supernatural entities and spirits. And we've mentioned yokai on here before. Mm -hmm. According to this legend, she lives in the castle tower and only shows up once a year to the lord of the castle to tell him about the fate of the castle. Osaka Behimi is said to hate people and hides away in the castle corners and is thought to be an old kitsune, which a kitsune in Japanese folklore uh, is a fox that possesses paranormal abilities that increase as they get older and wiser. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've, we've mentioned, we've mentioned kitsune on the show before mm-hmm. too. Um, maybe in the urban legend episode, we, yeah, we did and, a bunch from Japan at one point. Yeah. Um, it was early on though. Yeah. Yeah. Way early. But she's also said to be an illegitimate child of Princess Inoue, the Empress Consort of Emperor Conan of Japan, who was deposed in seven seventy in seven seventy two. Talk about old! I mean, we are yeah, man. We're really going way back, triple digits. Yep. Um, but the uh, the Empress um was accused of witchcraft. And there are also theories that she is the spirit of the courtesans that Emperor Fushimi loved. So yeah, it, it, they all tie in to other stories from Japanese folklore. Now, first, the figure of Osaka Bahimi had no assigned gender and was in the earlier legends, um, which I'm not even going to try this one, uh, from 1677, and she was just referred to as the Castle Monster. Today, Osaka Bahimi is mostly considered to be a woman in her 30s wearing a ceremonial 12-layered kimono called the Junhito and can read human minds and control animals in many of her appearances in classic literature. Um, so, this, again, this is another, another character from Japanese folklore that is directly associated with... Um, Himeji Castle. Um, yep. So again, you know, if if you're if you love history, if you love the folklore, if you like ghost stories, or if you just think Japanese architecture is super cool, if you make it to Japan, I have read multiple times, you have to go and see Himeji Castle. I mean, mm-hmm. it is it, it is just a wonder to behold. Now. Some of the most prominent haunted stories connected to Hamiji Castle include eerie noises, groans and murmurs, mysterious figures appearing in photos, um, sudden drops in temperature throughout certain parts of the castle, you know, the classic haunted castle stuff. Right, right. But some visitors even swear that they have seen the spirit of Osaka Bahimi gliding along the castle walls in her unmistakable attire or they have heard the desperate counting of the servant Okiku as she's trying to find the last dish she is missing. Such unexplained phenomena continue to draw curious travelers every year to look for more than just the beautiful cherry blossoms falling. You know, th- these these kind of stories, I, I love them because you know they're so they're so rich. Um, you know, they're so detailed. You know, we we hear stories all the time, especially when it talks about castles of stuff that eh, it may have happened or, 
this story is attached to this castle, but in reality, it happened in this other castle in Scotland. You know, we've yeah. seen that so many times. Um, but with with these stories, they they're not just a part of the the castle history. They're a part of Japanese history. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're you know, like what like Davy Crockett. You know, in in U.S. history, I mean, it, you were talking about an actual figure, but the legend and stories about Davy Crockett grew to just immense proportions. Um, but it, you know, it's a part of history, and that's the way these stories are in Japan. Um, and I really, really love that when you know a ghost story is a part of history. You know, it's something that is revered and it's protected, and in this case, it's even turned into kabuki plays and movies. So, you know, it's a really great story. And when you tie it in with a landmark as unique as Hamiji Castle, then it just, it, it bolsters the legend. And the fact that Hamiji Castle has that well, um, you know, really is fascinating to me that you can, you can visit that well. Um, one of the, one of the stories, um, it tells of a, of a of a person that was trying to stop or maybe comfort Okiku in her suffering, yeah. and it's said that people will do this at the well. Um, said if you hear Okiku counting, after she gets to nine, she will begin to scream because she can't find the tenth plate, and so in order to prevent her from screaming, you yell ten. Right after she says nine. Mm. Okay. And that that's another story where, uh, you know, a person was trying to, to stop the screaming and was successful by screaming 10 uh, at the right time. Almost like tricking the ghost into believing that she found the 10th plate. Yeah. And the thing that I, I find so fascinating about Japanese ghost stories is if you look in a lot of the rest of the world, they follow a pattern. You know, the the, the spirits seem to all kind of have the same, same few shapes that we see. You know, we talk about shadow figures. We talk about ethereal, like, see-through mm-hmm. ghost. But Japanese ghost stories and Japanese spirits seem to take on kind of a, uh, an air of their own. Yeah. And, and they're different from, even if you look at other, other countries around Japan, you know, in China, Taiwan, in, in that area, they're even completely different than Japanese stories. And there's usually, it's usually pretty malevolent Mm -hmm. in Japan. And if you know, like you said, 10, you can yell out 10. There's usually some way of avoiding whatever calamity is about to befall you. If you know the secret, right? Um, like the, um, the urban legend about the, the slit mouth woman. Yes. You know, yeah. and 
and you can't you you can't turn around if you hear her following you. You mm-hmm. can't turn around and see her face. As long as you don't turn and look at her face, you're you're safe. Yeah. But you have to know that. Right. You know, and suspect that the slit mouth woman may be behind you to not turn around. You know how hard it is to not turn around? You know, you got all these oh, people, yeah. you know, just walking around. I'm not turning around, not for nothing. Well, I was going to say, you can't <laughs> think it's rude if you start shuffling up behind somebody in Japan and they refuse to turn around and look at you. Right. Right. It's not that they're being rude. They're just trying not to get taken by the slip mouth woman. And, you know, that that could be one of those like superstitions. You know, you just kind of do it. Um, mm-hmm. It's like throwing salt over your shoulder if you spill some. You know, it's just, well, you know, I don't, do I believe this? Probably not, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to, just in case I'm not going to tempt fate, you know, (laughs) right. I'm not going to walk under this ladder. Um, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, I'm not a superstitious person. I'm a little stitious. Exactly. You remember that? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a little stitious. Every time I hear superstitious, (laughs) I think of that, but I'm a little stitious. Yeah. So I'm not going to walk under ladders or anything like that. And so that it's probably very similar, you know, you just, you mm-hmm. just don't do it, you know, be- because you've been told your whole life about this, you know, the slip mouth woman or whatever. Another thing that, uh, is unique about Japanese, uh, ghost stories and folklore is there's usually an animal component or some type of metamorphosis where, yeah. you know, the, the protagonist of the story, um, they they die and they become a dragon or a fox or, or some some type of of animal that that lives on you know in a in a spiritual form um either becomes like very wise or has some type of mystical power um you know it can be vengeful you know it could be benevolent but there's a lot of that and you know, that's, you know, and, and, and dragons and, and other animals play a big part in Japanese art. And you, you think about, you know, food dogs, uh, and, and, you know, that were castle protectors and you saw, you see those outside of, um, you know, outside of castles and outside of temples, um, mm-hmm. because they were, this embodiment of an animal protector. And in in a lot of ways, um, people were, you know, they were, they ascended, um, to become that they were in life. They were attached to a certain location and in death, whether it was tragic or, or whatnot, they would become some animal type protector of that area. Uh, so we, we see that a lot and it's, it's, it's more of a, of a thing that is unique to Japanese folklore. Um, but it's also very cool because it, it gives it that quality that you don't see in, Mm -hmm. uh, like in European ghost stories or certainly not from, you know, the, the Western world. Um, we don't necessarily see that. And I don't know how many listeners in Japan we have, but, uh, if you are, a listener and are from Japan or currently living in Japan, then I, I want to hear your take on it. I, I want to hear why, why do you think the 
ghost stories, the spirit tales of Japan are so vastly different from other countries, other, other groups of people's ghost stories. Mm-hmm. I, I'm legitimately curious because it, it, it's always fascinated me when we look into urban legends or anything, just how unique they are and how cool they are, but they always seem to be malevolent. Mm-hmm. You know, you, a lot of other cultures, there are, a, you get a lot of tales of good, benevolent spirits along with the scary stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like America has more good. The UK has a lot of mean ghosts and then Japan has a lot of just evil mm-hmm. spirits. It, it, yeah. There's a, yeah. the, the, del, the delineation between an evil spirit and a good spirit is much more blurred. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, it almost mirrors like the human existence where, yeah, you know, yeah. You may not be an evil person, but you may have done something evil. Um, you might have had a very good reason. Still, it was you did an evil deed, and um, you know, in 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 the Western culture, you you see this this is evil. It's always been evil, and it will always be evil. And mm-hmm. this is good, and it will always be good, and it will always reign supreme and overcome evil. You you see that more in in Western uh, stories, especially ghost stories. You don't see that in in the the Eastern folklore. And you know when it comes to the horror genre, you know Japan mm-hmm. and, and really most of Asia they they've got it down. Okay, because yeah. you know when you can make something that you scary out of uh, out of just the story itself or just the idea of what's happening becomes scary. You know, that that's talent. Um, yeah. and you said like, did you ever watch squid game? No, I never did. You know, squid game. Well, it's, it's from Korea, I believe South Korea. Yeah. Um, but certain things watching that, I mean, it, it's entertaining, but there are aspects of it when you're watching it, there's just kind of like, Oh, you know, that makes me feel weird, you know, yeah. that, that they're doing this, you know, what, what would I do in this situation? You know, it, it, it's just, it's something that I don't think that, um, that, uh, Western horror, uh, takes advantage of, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, I mean, it makes you feel a certain way, but it's, it's really makes you feel just scared or, you know, it focuses on the, the jump scare. Um, I, I think that when, when you walk out of a, of a movie like that and you, you just, I'm not scared, but I just don't feel right. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it just makes you just like, well, it was like when I finished watching the ring, even the Western version of it, um, you know, I felt weird. And then the phone yeah. rang and I got, and it freaked me out, but yeah. you know, you just had this uneasy feeling. And I think so many of those Japanese stories have that. Yeah, which it to me is cool. Yeah, I I love that that feeling you get where you're, you know, as they say, you're a grown ass adult, and 
you're still creeped out and wanting to go hide under your bed sheets yeah, after yeah. watching it. That's right. And I, I don't get that often anymore, but I do when, you know, we, we talk about Japanese ghost stories or, or see the horror films. Yeah. So, yeah. But as Adam said, if, if, if you're one of our listeners in Japan, um, let us know what you think, you know, are, are are we way off base with this? Is this just a, a a Western view of what Japanese folklore really is? Probably, uh, but uh, but let us know, <laughs> and and I'm sure you know there are so many more wonderful stories um, that that come out of Japan. We'd love to hear them, and and we had touched on some Japanese urban legends, but I know we haven't covered uh, the majority of them. So if you know some of those stories. Give us a shout. And the best place to do that is in our Facebook group. Uh, it is called The Graveyard. Thousands of people in there sharing personal experiences, um, asking for help with situations, jokes and memes and all that stuff. It's all there. Um, and it, it is a private group, so it's safe. You know, you don't have to worry about somebody from work seeing you post a story and going, man, he thinks he's got a ghost living in his toilet. You know, nah, we're not going to do that. We just want to hear your great story about your toilet ghost, you know, so, so share that with us. And when you're done there, check out our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And there you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show and you can become a patron. And thank you to everyone who has donated to the work that Adam and I do. We sincerely appreciate it. It allows us to continue to do this, Um, you know, so you know, please keep up your support. Uh, it, it is, it is vital, uh, to keep in the show, uh, in the format that we want to keep it. Um, man, this, <laughs> we, we, we kind of got off on a tangent, but it, this was a lot of fun. And, yeah. uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I bet everybody was surprised about this, this legend being the one from the movie, the ring. So I know I was yeah. when I first saw it. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.